Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Escape the Ordinary with Green and Black's Organic Chocolate, sponsor of the Women's Podcast. A rich, intense chocolate to savour. You're listening to the Irish Times Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. Now, I don't know if any of you have been tuning in for our Summer Nights Festival, but the last night is this evening, and I'm going to be having a chat with the amazing Amelda May. So if you want tickets, they're still available on irishtimes.com. Also on the bill tonight, Fintan O'Toole is going to be in conversation with two really brilliant women, Samantha Power, who we've had on the podcast a couple of times, and Melody Barnes, a former advisor to Barack Obama, who will be talking to him about race and the American crisis. It's going to be really fascinating. And thanks to all of you who've been supporting Summer Nights. It's the first time we've ever done anything like that in the Irish Times, so we're really pleased with how it's gone. Now, we want to hear from you about anything you want us to discuss on the podcast. So do get in touch. We're on Twitter and Facebook at IT Women's Podcast. And you can email us on the women's podcast at irishtimes.com. And also, if you're not subscribing, do go and subscribe because every little bit of that helps or write a review on iTunes. That would be brilliant as well. Uh, We're going to be having another big night in soon. It's going to be the last one for a while. So we'll bring you details of that next week. And after that big night in, we're going to take a little break, but we will be back. It's been a really great success. And thanks to all of you for supporting it. And of course, to our sponsor, Green and Blacks. I've absolutely loved seeing all your faces uh, on the Zoom screen um, every two weeks since lockdown began. It's it was something we started and we didn't really know what we were doing. And we're so glad it turned out to be such a success hundreds of people tuning in every couple of weeks. So uh, we've had some great times and thank you very much for that. On the episode today, we've another great woman, Hazel Chu, who has just been elected Lord Mayor of Dublin, which means hilariously that her husband, the Green Party TD, Patrick Costello, is now going to be known as Lady Mayoress. He actually wanted to ask the Cancorla if he can be referred to as Lady Mayoress in the- <laughs> and Gavin Riley actually said that to him, going, "Ah, so now that we have a Lord Mayor and a Deputy as Lady Maress, will we call him Deputy Lady Maress?" And uh, Patrick came back and said, "Yeah, yes, please." Hazel spoke to me about what it means to her to be only the ninth woman elected as Lord Mayor of Dublin, and about being the first woman of colour in the role. And she also talked about why she is taking a very collaborative approach to the new job. We spoke on Zoom. She was sitting in front of a cabinet full of the Lord Mayor's silver in the mansion house. And that's the home she's about to move into with her husband and daughter, Alex. I think you're really going to enjoy this. Here she is, Lord Mayor of Dublin, Hazel Chew. It's a fantastic achievement, I think. How do you feel? How does it feel to be Lord Mayor? 
surreal and overwhelming. <laughs> so uh, feels amazing, actually. On the positive side, it feels absolutely amazing. But I, I think part of me kind of wake up in the morning going, uh, is this deserved? Is, is, is this like, how is this going to work? But it's, it's incredible. And I have to just say thank you so much for everyone for the support. It, it's been great that way. So There's been hundreds of Lord's Mayors, um, but you're only the ninth woman, I think. 352nd uh, to be exact, uh, 352 Lord Mayors, ninth woman. Uh, the first one was Kathleen Clark in 1939 to 41. And she was the first uh, female Lord Mayor. And since then, we've only had eight more, including me, which is, yeah, not great. <laughs> so no, I remember, the only one I remember is Carmen Sita Hedgerman. That would have been when I was a child. She was the Lord Mayor. I remember her but other than that I couldn't tell you who any of the women were no uh she she's actually Kamsina uh, is, is still alive I was actually checking up to see uh about something because I I really would like to do something with all all the female Lord Mayors but um I I've only known um the other faces because I there's a room here that has the uh, um photos of everyone for the last 20 years and I think a lot of the other eight were in the last 20 years actually so well so you're the ninth woman and you are the first woman of color to hold the position as well which is very significant and really important so is, how much does that mean to you uh it, like the gravity of the situation hasn't escaped me in that regard i think it, it's an honor but it's also like i i was saying to 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 uh your colleagues and other people it I don't mind being the first as long as I'm not the last. So I think this is the thing. Uh, I, I'm the first person of color, and I would love to see if there were other people of color, other people of different backgrounds, different minorities. Uh, I take this office would be incredible. Like the time when the, the day I heard that Eileen and Nifian was elected as Shannon, I was just so happy. I, I think it was a very good sign that we were moving in the right direction in terms of being. Uh, being inclusive with minorities but I, I, I really hope that going into the future there will be more so there will be a lot more but then we've it's taken us 352 years to have nine women so I'm kind of as much as I hope there will be more I also am managing it, my own expectations and thinking maybe not but at, you know Roisin as long as I'm not the last it, it will be great so yeah um you are were been have been a counselor um did you expect this to happen i mean was it kind of because i saw you on twitter saying oh maybe it's a possibility i don't know is that a kind of nerve-wracking time how does it work how do you get elected to be lord mayor so what happens is and there's been some chat on this on twitter and some people get it right some people got it wrong so when you're in local government there is a, a coalition just like the national government and the, the various parties that can make up that magic number uh um because 63 is the council number so if you get over then uh, 32 then uh, you form a what you call a coalition so so we are in the coalition with labor Social Democrats and Fianna Fáil and between then there is a rotation of mayors that will happen and uh, I was selected within the Green Party to contest then the, the mayor for this year because it would have been a Green mayor to be contested. Now a lot of people said to me oh that means you are, are, are a shoe-in straight away. Not necessary. There, there, there has been photos I look at the wall again that people pointed to and said 
that person should have been married three years before uh, they were, yeah, as in they have arrived on the night thinking that they have the votes due to a coalition and didn't happen. And that's happened a few times actually uh, in the last 20 years. So what I did was what any, I, I will say, uh, a person needs to do, which is go canvas everyone. And I was lucky uh, I got I got quite a lot of support. I got support from my own group, from the coalition group, but I got support from uh, Sinn Féin and uh, the independents as well I spoke to, and they were very supportive. Uh, they abstained on the night, but they were supportive. So it was good. I think there was a general overwhelming um, desire for some change so uh, and something a little different, which was nice, but also some unity as well, because even though I'm part of a coalition, one of the things I really wanted to do was work with the other parties. You should shouldn't be one side of the fence or another. So the first thing I did in my first week was I worked with Sinn Féin and people before profit and I went down to with to the Devon uh, workers who are on strike because to me it shouldn't be the, the position of the mayor and the office shouldn't be one party or another. You represent all the people, you represent all the con- councillors whether they voted for you or not. So so that that's how I ended up in the role. So do you um, think that that approach, that sort of collaborative approach and, and reaching across to all different groups is because you're a woman in a way? Because sometimes I, th- I see women getting into positions that are quite traditional and trying to do things differently and not just doing things the way they always have been done. Absolutely. I think like I, I, I know a lot of people go, oh, you, you talk about kind of uh, uh, like different gender bringing uh, different things to the table. You're all like everyone. If you're going to be equal, it's all the same. It's not. Women do have a different approach. As you said, they are. I would find that in any given team structure, when I have more women at uh, within that team, uh, no matter what organization, there tends to be more collaboration. There tends to be more listening. And that that's not to be bad on the man, men before everyone jumps on me saying, oh, that's really sexist. It, it's not. It's just, I, I guess women have always developed a role where they're they're listening to someone or another like I'm constantly listening to my mom rant at me so so like you do develop that patience in a way and you start understanding well it's not just you and I, I especially I think when uh, w- w- women who have uh, families uh, to care for and other people you're always balancing as well so so for me I looked at this council and last council worked well but I looked at this council and went well what can we do better and one of the things especially learning from COVID was that we're all in it together and if we're going to keep on using the phrase we're all in it together then that needs to be applied into the political system as well especially what we do every day and like those people are your colleagues you, no matter what they're you think if they're opposition parties or not or, or not they're your colleagues and I think being a woman does woman does help that because you do bring that kind of wanting to collaborate more to the table. Um, so let's talk about the fact that you're the first woman of colour, because I've seen you over the years uh, talk about the kind of racist abuse that you've um, had to in- endure, whether it's on social media or just in as a child growing up in Dublin. Uh, how how bad has that been in the past and currently? It's It comes in good waves and in fairness like I, I was saying this just today again to your colleagues that it there is a huge amount of support for me and I'm really blessed by that in in so far I've had so many great messages like I have I have to say stop here and say people like yourselves 
who have been so supportive of me, like you, you and others and friends, mutual friends of ours who have been really great in, in championing kind of what I stand for, but also championing against the racism has, has been incredible. But then there, there is like, we, we all know that like I, I got thrown relentlessly before, but what we don't like, what we don't know is that it, it comes in different forms. It comes through the mailbox. Uh, it comes through uh, the physical mailbox. It comes on the phone, and and some and sometimes it it goes away, and then sometimes it comes back. And it, I guess, some days it becomes kind of hard to take. Most days it's okay because most days you're doing a job and you're just doing it, and you don't don't see it. And then other days, whenever there's someone pushing a narrative out there. And uh, they're rooting for you to fail. So they hop on something that's easy to hop on, which is your skin color. Then that's when the week gets a bit tough because it starts off always as uh, Hazel Chu uh, did this and she should be deported. And then it carries on with, oh, why is even Hazel Chu involved in our local government or, or, or national politics in any way? Do we see a uh, white Lord Mayor over in China? And like it go- goes on, it becomes this thing. And then it inve- inevitably then on the, it, it becomes a conversation about, oh, this comes back to my mass immigration we should stop letting people in the country and it's it's that that gets to an issue because if it's just about me I, I think I've developed pretty thick enough skin but it, it it never comes back to people not wanting other people in the country or people not liking that people are different so so that becomes really hard so as Lord Mayor now, I mean, you just, by virtue of you just being there, looking, I suppose, I suppose the word you just used, different, um, although what does that even mean? You know, we're all different, aren't we? That visibility will probably mean an awful lot to people in this country who are used to experiencing that feeling of outsideness and being left out of things or being treated badly because just because of the physical way they look, which is so, I mean, when I talk about racism to my children, they just find it really amazing and hard to understand, which is very uh, gratifying and hopeful. And obviously you have a, a small uh, child and you hope that things will be different for her and she's growing up. I, I do. And it, it, it's um, it's odd because like at the end of the day, we like one of the nicest emails I got in uh, the last couple of weeks again loads of lovely emails but one of the nicest one was a parent telling me that uh, they had met me during an event at the Immigration Council and one of the things they had said at the time was you can't be what you can't see and like they were very conscious of the fact that their daughter was asking them questions of oh why don't we see more people of colour so they were telling me that they were really happy to see me enroll because they were able to say to their daughter well listen like you do have different people of different backgrounds and different color in different uh, positions and uh they it was lovely it was lovely to read because like i I, at the end of the day like i I, i'm very conscious that i am uh, i am a woman and i am the first person of color in the world so i'm very conscious of the fact that it's also a good symbol for people to to look at like I, i i like to like i i come from a family where my mother has is an incredibly strong woman. So I would like to make sure that when my daughter grows up, she's not even able to see me as a strong woman, but able to see that mom can, or that anyone of different uh, color or different um, background can be anything. So, and that she doesn't look in the mirror and go, oh, I wish I was the same as everyone because diversity 
should be celebrated. No matter how different you are, you should be celebrated. Like I was saying to to Patrick, my other half, that there were days when I was younger, like a, a teenager, where I would look in the mirror and go, oh, I wish I was the same as everyone. Like it would be times when someone called me a, 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 a slur or a name and I would go home and have a bit of a cry. And this was when I was a kid and look in the mirror and go, uh, why can't, why, why, why can't I be the same as everyone else? So that is something I really want to make sure Alex doesn't so like no matter what like and you, every kid would and every adult would they would look at themselves and go they wish x but i don't want her to wish something she can definitely not change and her skin color is something she can definitely not change and i want to make sure she's proud of it and that she celebrates it and that like your daughters she would look at other people and go oh yeah what are you talking about kind of way so yeah. Um, you mentioned your other half, Patrick. You had to postpone your wedding, didn't you? Because I, I also saw you tweeting about that. It sounded like it was going to be a great, very, almost like a festival, it sounded like. It was going to be great crack. <laughs> so I, I like to think it was going to be a great crack because I used to work for festivals. I started off as a runner in a festival, kind of uh, going from point A to point B handing people anything from sandwiches to 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 tickets so like I I loved festivals I really really did it was a second job to me so when we and he would have been at the festivals with the scouts they were putting up tents uh for charity so so he loved the the uh, gigs and festivals so the two of us thought what will we do oh I know we'll rent out this house uh in Rafarnham and we'll make it into a bit of a festival but then we had to cancel so because of COVID and now knowing how busy things are we couldn't just move everything um that we have planned to a different day because I think unfortunately due also to COVID a lot of our friends who are in the industry or working within uh, certain areas won't be in that industry anymore they're actually doing different things which is a shame so um, and this is the thing COVID has affected everyone across the board but I think when it comes to culture and music that that's going to take a big hit so and and we need to support people where we can so in those areas. Well, I'm sorry you didn't get married. I was going to try and crash it. The food sounded lovely because you're always going on about the lovely food. You are listening to The Women's Podcast, brought to you by Green and Black's Organic Chocolate. Chocolate to savour. Just tell us a bit about your background because your, your mum and your dad are Chinese and they came here uh, before you were born or... Yes, they came here before I was born. So uh, mum uh, and dad met over here, funny enough. they I think it's, you know, that thing when you go emigrate or go to a different country, you just kind of flock to yeah. what you are familiar. Like my Irish do that. My, yeah, so like my, my cousin is marrying a, 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 a woman that lived 10 minutes down the road from her uh, him in Ireland that they never met here uh, here at all but they're getting married in Sydney after 10 years there but that's what happened with my mom and dad they they were over here they didn't uh, have any friends they ended up working in the same uh, kitchen and they met that way um and they 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 had me and then 10 years later they had my brother uh, but they got divorced and dad ended up moving back to to Hong Kong then after 
God, he would have been here for 20 years and then he moved back to Hong Kong. But mum never left. She stayed here. Like Ireland was home to her. So so she stayed here and um, she built. So she went from washing dishes to uh, working in the kitchen to then saving up for a chip van with my dad. And then when that got burned out, she ended up uh, work, uh, getting a takeaway with my dad and then uh, getting a restaurant herself. So like she's worked incredibly hard to, to build what she has and yeah it's yeah I'm very proud of her (laughs) what happened with the chip van getting burnt out was that a racist attack or was that just well this is the thing I was very small at the time and we and mum got very worried because there were a good few uh I guess when people got a bit drunk as well when like your chip van opens late all hours so like when they got a bit drunk they came up and they said a few things but I she doesn't think it was anyone local and it was like it was partially damaged but like they didn't want to like go back into it just in case mm-hmm. I think they were worried because part of the thing is when I finished school I would go and sit in the chip van and kind of don't do do my homework there kind of way so so they were a bit worried I think so they decided you know what we've done this for a while now we've saved up enough money we're gonna move on like, I I do hope it wasn't but because there was uh, there was a, a bit of racism around at the time then um you never know that's the problem so so the guards at the time just they were very good like everyone the local community was very good but this is the problem it's always a few bad bad eggs so yeah um hazel what about when your parents split up and your dad went back to hong kong that must have been very tough it well the thing is we always lived with my mom so uh we like even before they lived because my my mom didn't have very good English even now her English is better but like I would have been the one going to the solicitor's office with her when uh, I was a young teenager so like when when they split up when I was about 12 or 13 we were living with my mom pretty much and by the time dad moved then when we I was about 20 or so like we had seen him but sporadically enough but not as regularly as we hope so when he moved it it just felt like he was going a bit further now we still keep in contact i i whatsapp and uh, uh the phones have been amazing that way uh we've gone back to 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 the village of choose which is where he lived mm-hmm. so uh yeah there's like I laugh all the time. Anytime I tell someone this, they laugh. But there are the village of choice and the village of choose and the village of whatever in, in Hong Kong. They still is. There used to be these tiny villages that carry the surname of the people who live there. And even now when there's skyscrapers built around these tiny villages, they're still there. So so he's back in the village of uh, uh, choose. So um, I tell Alex that he's gone to Whoville at the moment, So, but uh, which works. <laughs> But yeah, so so it was tough, but you know, it, it was grand. I think he was happier back there. I think he dad never really like whereas mum fully embraced being like she was so proud when she got naturalized. She was really like she was proud to be Irish and dad was proud too, but he was I think like a lot of um immigrants, you're kind of torn. You're not sure where is home and he was never kind of uh sure where like even now in Hong Kong he's not sure that's home either it's, I think it's that's hard for for any um uh, migrant going to any country so 
Yeah, um, I'm just thinking about, again, your Chinese heritage then with uh, at home. Do you, I, I see you sometimes cooking things like yozes or your mom is obviously a very good cook. So, you know, if I came around to your house, would I be expecting a banquet every night or is that just some nights? <laughs> no, no, just some nights. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> every night we, we throw pasta on or whatever. It's handy. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> but if you are, you are free, you should come over with the girls for dumplings. Uh, there I are love things. to do that. <laughs> Ooh, I'll teach them how to make dumplings. Seriously, yeah. uh, that's... That is one thing I do know how to do very well from mum. Uh, we we make a lot of dumplings because my uh, my <laughs> my mum uh, my mum is full of uh, wonderful love, but there are sometimes she just randomly calls myself and Joe's name, my my brother names, and she always goes, "Oh, look at you guys! You look like a dumpling. That's probably why you 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 like dumplings <laughs> so so much." But yeah, so our signature thing is making dumplings as a family. So, uh, but yeah, there's there's all weird and wonderful uh, uh, ingredients you can put in. I think that's the that's the best thing about dumplings. You never know what what it is inside. Oh. Uh, you, you're fa- fantastic and so at home as well you're a very political family because your um, husband-to-be who when you're married got elected as a TD he's also a Green Party um, so I mean do you ever get a chance to talk about anything else is it just all politics around the around the dumplings around the well yeah mostly it's like I'm hungry what are we gonna eat uh, no we, we did this is the thing we did we have been talking a lot of politics he's a TD for Dublin South Central, so he's just been, and, and this is the thing, a lot of the cons- his constituents have been very good in calling, uh, and he's calling them during COVID just to check in, and and it's that building the community, so we're, it's all, the last couple of months have been full on uh, politics, whereas now things are, I guess, a little more settled, it's, uh, it's always been kind of politics or COVID in the last three months, three, four months, uh, whereas now, I think, uh, yesterday we actually had an hour where we went what do we watch on Netflix so like it was like hey what well what can we we'll put on now uh, Space Force is very good I have to say so I, I'm a big Steve Carell fan uh, yeah so we talk about that we talk about Alex like every parent does that you talk about your kids so uh, I did bring up the topic of holidays the other day and he just rolled his eyes at me as if like uh, yeah we're going holidays, right? So, and this—you're the Lord Mayor because there's no such thing as a, a female equivalent. It's only Lord, even though Lord is a male term. Yes. Um, and so, does that make him Lady Mayor? Lady Mayoress. So, so there is Lady Mayoress. <laughs> yeah, there is. His official title. Is he going to use that? Uh, he actually wanted to ask the Cancorla if he can be referred to as Lady Mayoress in the, in the talk. Uh, and Gavin Riley actually said that to him going ah so now that we have a Lord Mayor and a Deputy as Lady Mayoress will we call him Deputy Lady Mayoress and uh, Patrick came back and said yes yes please so on a more serious note is it not time to perhaps uh, change things in whatever constitution there is to to make that when there is a female Lord Mayor they should be called this and and their partner if they're a man should be called that is there Something that can be done? Can you do something about it? Uh, someone that actually spoke to me about this the other day, and it is a topic that uh, might need to be raised, and I, I will be raising it. But I guess my question, and it'd be a good one for your for li- your listeners, uh, listeners and yourself as well. I, I'm of the opinion that the Lord Mayor perhaps should stay the Lord Mayor. It is the official title. I don't necessarily. I, I think even if it's female, it should still be Lord Mayor. It, 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 it because. 
I, I don't think we should distinguish the fact that because a female takes it, they are naturally the lady mares or whatever uh, feminine term would be um, put to it. I, it's the same as um, actors will now are all actors rather than actresses and actors. So now, if people would like to be called lady mares, I'm sure people can accommodate them as well. But for me, that's where I'm coming from. I'm sure other people would would um, would disagree. It'd actually, be good to get your thoughts on that whether you should change. But I I think Lord Mayor should stay in Lord Mayor. Um, for the partner, however, I do think changing it to um, something else might be good. And it's not just so the guys don't have to have Lady Maris. I think, I think it's... Uh, it, Could it it's be Mr. Mayor? Well, Mr. Mayor or a partner or something or yeah. kind of a, a um, gender neutral title first of some man. sort. You could do the presidential thing, the first man. As your first man is is like that's the thing. What was it? Was was Mary Robinson's like husband and first man? I wasn't sure at all. I don't know. It's interesting. I see. It's yeah. funny because the man. I don't think they get kind of. They don't have to be labelled or something. They can just carry on their normal lives. You know, it's the women have to become this thing and this accoutrement to to the man. It's yeah. But but this is the thing. Would you change it? Would Bill Clinton have been first lady? Well, no, I don't think, I think Bill Clinton would just be, wanted to have Bill. been called Mr. Former President still. Like, I bet you if Hillary was president, he would have just said, oh, I would like to be referred to as Mr. Yeah. President too, kind of way. So we have to recommend an amazing book by Curtis Sittenfeld called Rodham to everybody who's listening, because she uh, basically imagines what would have happened if Hillary had said no to Bill Clinton's marriage proposals and gone off on her own. And what would have happened then? And it's such a fantastic book. I'd recommend it to everyone. I think that's an interesting question. I, I I do wonder if she hadn't like would would she be the president already? So would would she be the next like the last one? So instead of Trump, yeah. So but um so Rodham, okay, oh, I will go pick up. Um, let's talk about the Green Party because. It, that's the party you chose and I know that you're I mean obviously obviously very interested in the environment and all the, the usual green causes but you're also very much um interested in housing and especially in Dublin making sure that people have places to live and that rents aren't so high so what was your motivation in, in aligning yourself with the greens in initially um like the, the initial one was very simple. The practical thing was that I was uh, running a campaign for a Green candidate, so I, I I got to know the party more. I wasn't part of the Green Party then, even when I ran Patrick's first very first campaign. It took me a few years to join the party. I was helping out in different ways. I was canvassing, and then I finally... I, I actually, well, I did, funny enough, I, I do this with a lot of things. I got... Uh, literature and also looked at the website of every party and I started reading up about it because you you read it in media about what people do but you don't really delve into it that much until so because I knew I had to make the plunge of choosing a party and even though I was already aligned with the Greens I still read through all parties literature and kind of made an informed decision based on well what is closely aligned and for me the greens in terms of the environment in terms of social justice was very important uh, because at the end of the day you have to have both it can't be one without the other so and um, that seemed and I, I guess I because of the fact that I came from a very working class background as well I was very conscious that I wanted to make sure it 
it was a party that would rep represent people that I grew up with as well as uh, people that I'm representing in, in Pembroke right now. So the kind of different areas uh, um, of people. So so I wanted to make sure that it was represented everyone. So I, I took the plunge and I joined the Greens and then I realized they were very inclusive when it came to a lot of things. So I ended up finding founding the women's uh, group with uh, Catherine Martin and Grace O'Sullivan and others. And uh, you thankfully came for one of the sessions. It was great. It was it was just thing it was because I, I think it was because we were almost decimated that we became a party that were grassroots founded based on volunteers any ideas were allowed in and it there was no kind of shutting people up uh, and then it, it, it was good it was actually felt like well you had that great element of activism but you also had a political party so that was what I really liked about the Greens when I joined it. Well, now, which I'm kind of surprised about, and I'd really love you to talk about it a bit, you're looking for change in leadership. And I would have thought Eamon Ryan was really popular and somebody who's doing a good job and, um, you know, has a lot of experience. So tell me about why you and others were kind of advocating for a change. So I've known Eamon for a long time, and Eamon is a very good man. I like to, and I, I'm not just prefacing this for the sake of it. It's because I've sat on kind of the national executive with him for for, for a number of years. I've worked with him for a number of years. He's come canvassing for, for me. So I, I would have known him through that. And I think he is a very good leader. However, saying that, it was Catherine was there during all that time as well, um, supporting uh, the the volunteers and supporting us. So between the two of them, they were both very good in leadership roles. And the reason why I advocate for a change now is because we are at this what I see as a precipice when it comes to kind of what we where we are in terms of society, in terms of the planet, in terms of our own party. And not only do we need strong leadership, but we also need a different style of leadership. I think politics as usual isn't it shouldn't be the case anymore. And I'm not saying anyone would be politics as usual. What I'm, I'm saying is we need to start thinking outside the box a little bit. We need to start listening to people. And this comes back to your point of asking me earlier on of whether women listen more and they tend to collaborate, collaborate more. And I think a female in the role would, but also a female in the role would do what, um, I, I guess, make that decision of if things go wrong they will challenge it as well and I'm not saying a man wouldn't but I'm saying like as a woman whenever we see something that's wrong we be the first to say it with like and maybe that's me being a gobby woman as I call myself but you do when you when you see something you kind of go well we must fix that we have to like and that's where I'm looking at in terms of the change factor as well I think Catherine will be uh, better at that so and I think in terms of where the party needs to move from because we have been grassroots we've been doing very well but it's a complete shock to the system we now have 3,000 members we have 49 councillors we have 12 TDs we have uh one two three four five senators <laughs> so I'm trying to count uh, uh four senators apology um so we are um, a big party as such. We're not as big as the others, but we are big and we need, I think we need a, 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 a leader that will carry us for the next iteration So um, of things. And that's like, to be fair, 
I think they'll be both very good. If Marinvers decide they would like to return the same leader, absolutely. But I think for me, a change would be good right now in terms of it's been nine years as well. That's another thing. I think I think if we look at length of leadership, um, very few people, uh, leaders carry through for 14 years without uncontested leadership. So, OK, well, fair enough. You've explained it very well there. And I suppose there will be the Green Party members who decide and that's going to come through in July 24th. Is that right? Uh, yes, by 24th, the 23rd, the ballots are in 24th, the decision will be presented. Okay, before you go, Hazel, I can see the beautiful um, Lord Mayoral silver behind you on this Zoom call. <laughs> Very in a gorgeous cabinet. You, have you moved in yet to your stunning apartments on Dawson Street? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm, we're hoping to in the next couple of weeks. It's been quite busy, and I I think uh, they're painting the doors upstairs at the moment. And uh, so so hopefully in a few weeks, it's actually incredible. It's like I again I I feel. I feel really honoured and privileged. Like it's not many times people tell you you get to be the Lord Mayor. So and also your address gets to be on, on Dawson Street as well. So but it is like it's it's amazing. And I have like I have all of you, I have everyone to thank for that. So oh, listen, well I look forward to getting an invite uh, to the mansion house to make dumplings with my children. <laughs> you know, we can no, do a podcast about that and we can tell everyone how to make them. You should actually, you know what we do? We do, what? we should do a podcast on making dumplings. Why don't we do that? House, so. That's a date. And Hazel Chu, Lord Mayor, and your lovely Lady Mayoress, uh, Patrick, I wish you all the best. And we're so delighted on the Women's Podcast because the fact that there's only been nine women is just outrageous. And hopefully, like you say, this is the start of change. It's not going to stop here with you, that it will continue on. The best of luck with everything. Thank you so much, Roisin. Thank you. Thanks very much to Hazel Chu. That's all we have time for. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, and by Suzanne Brennan with JJ Vernon on sound. Get in touch with us on Twitter or Facebook at IT Women's Podcast or on email thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com and subscribe to the podcast. We love hearing from you. That's it for me for today. Mind yourselves and I'll talk to you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 